Welcome to the Global Workplace, Diversity, Equality, Opportunity. Your host is Alma Besserton, the founder and director of Wimmigrants of Australia. In our program, we will showcase the global organizations who are making a difference worldwide for skilled migrants, as well as focus on some challenges the migrants face with diversity and inclusion. Now, here is your host, Alma Besserton. Hello, everyone. Uh, my best in here. I'm really excited today. Um, I've got Jack Myers uh, as my guest. And uh, Jack Myers is a, a national leading media ecologist, an Academy and Emmy Award nominee for Best Documentary Feature, author of four books, executive producer of GE Focus Forward Films, winner of the Tribeca Film Festival Disruption Award. His honours include the George Foster Peabody Award, International Book Awards for Youth and Women Issues, and the World Music Award. He considers himself as a disruptor who has implemented a dozen innovative business models with companies diverse as General Motors, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, Aegis Group, ABC Radio, CBS TV, Turner and AT&T. Jack is founder and media ecologist for Media Village, which hosts and manages more than 60 corporate thought leadership sites, all focusing on transformative innovation, leadership and growth. His non-for-profit Jacaranda Foundation supports industry diversity and inclusion initiatives under the Jack Myers Knowledge Exchange brand. Jack studied media ecology at New York University with Dr. Neil Postman and is a graduate of Newhouse School of Syracuse University. We will just play a commercial while we get Jack. Stay with us for just a minute and we'll come back to you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Immigrants of Australia is a unique organization helping skilled immigrants, in particular women, to establish careers and integrate in a new country. For individuals, we offer coaching and mentoring programs. For organizations, we help create diverse and engaging culture, offer talent placement, career transitions, diversity strategy, and inclusive leadership development. We are also available for speaking and consulting engagements. Visit Wimmigrants.com.au for more information. That's Wimmigrants.com.au. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Global Workplace with Alma Besserton. To reach the show, please call into our toll-free lines in North America, 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to alma at wimmigrants.com.au. Now, back to the global workplace. I believe we have Jack Mize on the line. You do? Oh, hello, Happy Jack. We had a little. Yes, it's it's so great to have you. We had a little bit of uh, glitch in uh, internet this morning. You know, technology is great, uh, but sometimes uh, when it doesn't work, cause the issues, as you know. So, um, welcome to the Global Radio Show. I've just uh, literally, um, while we were getting you online again, we I've I've actually read about your. Very brief bio. I could spend, uh, I think, the whole hour just talking about your achievements. So, um, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. I'm really privileged to have you on my show. And um, I was just saying all of your uh, great accolades, and one of them uh, was uh, George Foster Peabody Award, which is uh, basically the the broadcasting most prestigious award. Congratulations. It's it's yeah, really amazing journalism. to have you this yeah, month. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the most prestigious award for journalism, and I'm really proud of it. We uh, uh, actually won that in partnership with Denzel Washington and a team from uh, Turner Broadcasting. We, uh, we uh, uh, for a documentary film we made in the mid-'90s uh, that... Uh, I was nominated for an Academy Award and uh, won several awards. So really proud of that honor. Uh, congratulations. It's, it's, it's really honor having you uh, today on my show. And uh, I was also saying to the listeners that um, uh, you consider yourself as a disruptor who's implemented a dozen innovative business models with companies versus General Motors and Coca-Cola and Microsoft, uh, EGIS, ABC Radio. CBS TV and Turner and AT&T, and you're also um, a founder and media ecologist for Media Village, which hosts and manages yeah. more than 60 corporate thought leadership sites. Tell me, what is media ecologist? Yeah, that's a great question. It's actually a practice that was founded by uh, Marshall McLuhan, who wrote The Medium is the Message, and uh, the idea is that we look, when we look at a, at a picture, a painting or a picture, uh, we look inside the frame, and what media ecology does is look outside the frame, look at the environment that's uh, around the frame in which the, everything inside the box operates. So it's really looking at the environment in which communications exists, in which media exists. And uh, today, media is more ubiquitous, more pervasive, more constructive, more destructive. Mm. Uh, than probably any other part of our society. So I've been studying it now for uh, more than 40 years from a, kind of an environmental, ecological point of view. 
Wow. Because until I, I came across you and connected with you, uh, I've, I've seen it, uh, a terminology once or twice, but really didn't understand uh, clearly what what is that um, terminology used for. So thank you very much for explaining that. That's, that's fantastic. And um, you, you studied media ecology in New York University with Dr. Neil Passman, a graduate of the Newhouse School of uh, uh, Syracuse uh, University. So I'm, I'm yeah. really, really excited to have you um, as my guest today. Um, Jack, your organization provides essential support and recognition to enhance industry initiatives through best practices and industry honors and diversity-focused yeah. events, internships, thought leadership, current development initiatives, and um, you have lots of programs you deliver this through, such as Advancing Diversity, First Five, Women Advancing, Legends and Leaders, Future of Men, and Jack Mai's Think Tank. Tell us more about these well, initiatives and how did it all start? Well, thank you for that nice introduction and for sharing all those nice accolades. I appreciate it. it well, it really evolved. Media Village and almost everything that I do in the inclusion and diversity area and have been doing for decades has spun out of the media ecology background. I, 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 as you look at media today and pretty much all business, all organizations, all society and culture, if you want to extend it out, we operate in boxes. We operate within the frames mm. that I was describing. And mm. it's really important to look outside the frame or look outside the box, no matter what box we're in, whether it's our, our corporate business environment, the uh, the you know the Wall Street mentality, the regulatory environment. Mm -hmm. All of these are part of the the ecosystem that plays on the boxes we're in, and we can get as small and, and look at our own selves, and mm. whether it's physical, mental, emotional, personal relationships, work, work within work, you know, friends, colleagues. Each of them is a box. And, um, mm. and that goes out and it keeps extending out. So the way I, the Media Village is really designed for, today for media companies, but ultimately for all companies and people in the media industry to recognize that the industry is changing incredibly quickly. It's being disrupted. Uh, we're seeing contraction and consolidation, collapse of companies, whole categories of business like newspapers and uh, others, and so we want to look at the the perceptions that uh, and and the forces impacting on those who are have to make decisions related to the uh, to the business success and strength of the organization, the talent, uh, the distribution models, the advertising and marketing, and realize that they're all being disrupted, and we have to look outside of ourselves and we. I call myself a disruptor. I think if all of us are not disruptors in some way, uh, then mm. we're subjecting ourselves to these forces that are imposing themselves without being able to take control of them. And I, and I think sometimes we just have to break down those walls and find new ways yes. of communicating. And, and Media Village is all about finding new ways of communicating, uh, conversation, engaging, 
working with companies to help them find the mm-hmm. important audiences and communicate thought leadership and value back out to them, help them gain knowledge and get smarter. Because with, with the globalization, literally, it's not a terminology that is unknown anymore. With the globalization, we break down all these barriers. And uh, and I think it's so important to actually embrace really, truly diversity um, and understand what that diversity means, not just, as, as you're saying, in the boxes, because I've noticed in the last... Um, couple of years a lot of organizations are working on one dimension of diversity but not holistically is that what you're talking about in your programs yeah yeah exactly i think when you know we we operate really in in kind of two worlds um we 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 operate in in the world of every day and the realities of our business every day. And then we operate in in the world of the long-term future. And and very few of us have the luxury of focusing on the long-term future. I I have that luxury. Um, And and looking out and seeing, and and we also operate in two worlds when it comes to diversity and inclusion, because every company can both take action as well as pay lip service to diversity and inclusion. At this point, both are good, but we need more to be really putting their money where their mouths are and step Mm -hmm. up and actually understand and embrace inclusion. And there are a lot of success stories of companies who are finding their business growth significantly enhanced. An example is Ernst Mm -hmm. & Young, which developed an autism program. It's one of the companies we honored with our Advancing Diversity uh, Honors at uh, CES in Las Vegas last January. But EY has, has brought uh, autistic people on the autistic spectrum, autism spectrum, in because they're very strong in data and analytics, and they've actually built that mm. as a business strength. And what's fascinating is as much as they needed to work with the uh, with the talent to help them mm. uh, integrate into the organization. They had to work with the organization to help them integrate their new colleagues in, and it's worked incredibly well. So there are so mm. many success stories like that, but the reality is that few companies are willing to take to really make the investments that are necessary to reinvent their workforce yes. and to understand the, the dynamics. Mm. We're seeing, and, and we're seeing, more and more men pushed out uh, Mm. for inappropriate behavior and the vast majority of those roles are being fulfilled by women. I I think that's a healthy reality, but there are implications Mm. to it. And there there are implications uh, to the men who are pushed out. There are implications Mm -hmm. to those, many of whom are in HR and in talent work who supported them or at least didn't. Uh, mm. knew about and collaborated, if you will, in the, in the uh, inappropriate behavior. Uh, there are many colleagues who knew and, and went along with it, participated, and that's male and female. Uh, mm. But I think as we move forward, uh, we really need to take the word equality seriously and recognize that yes. young men who are, who have not, who are feminists, and who do believe in equality, um, mm. at this point in time, uh, they're paying for the sins of their fathers and their older brothers and their grandfathers. And I think we need to 
look at the future of men and how men can be better partners, mm-hmm. better colleagues, better lovers, you know, and, and better sons, better parents in the future uh, than maybe they have been in the past. You you just um, uh, basically uh, was you, you were sharing uh, what I was going to ask you as one of my questions because uh, I watched uh, your uh, TED talk and uh, I, in fact actually I've I've shared uh, on LinkedIn and and my husband even listened with me and um, your your book The Future of Men and Men on Trail was published in 2016. And in it, in your TED Women uh, talk from 2017, you anticipated Me Too movement and the issues yeah. related to harassment and sexism. So why did you write the book and what was the purpose and what are the gender issues uh, you see emerging in the future? Thanks. Thanks for the question. I've been studying what we now call Gen Z, uh, the 18 to 18 to 24, 18, 18 to 24, 18 to 25-year-olds. Uh, mm. I started studying them really uh, very, very early because I recognized the Internet as a major transformational shift in society, culture, uh, and that this generation would have tremendous impact because they're the first to grow up mm-hmm. with the Internet and mobile. And so I started studying them and doing books on them, and that led me to a book that uh, identified the emergence of women as the dominant force mm. uh, for the, uh, among this Gen Z, and that's being proven out statistically in many different ways, uh, not the mm. least of which is that 60% of college graduates for the last five years have been female and uh, similar mm. work entering the workforce. Uh, so uh, th- the question I kept getting from that book was, what's happening to the men? Why are the men underperforming? Mm. Why do we have a lean-out generation of young men? And, and there was no research. Mm. So I set out to do the research and find the research, and, and I found um, some really fascinating realities. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the fact that a lot of moms and are, are concerned about their sons and they see their daughters mm. being empowered and, and a lot of moms are looking at their sons and saying, you know, he seems unmotivated. And uh, I think mm. that will resonate with a lot of parents. Now, that's not to say that, it, that it, you know, there are a lot of young men who are, who are doing very well, and, but, mm. you know, 85% of all long-term relationships that end are ended by the woman. And mm, that's an amazing, astounding statistic. And, it re- you know, when you say that, it resonates because that's most of the people we know when there have been breakups. But mm. more importantly, most of the men are like almost clueless and out of touch mm. with the realities that, that are happening in their home and in their lives. And I think we need mm. to do a better job in organizations and women's groups really need to start embracing young men and helping them become better men and not leave them to the old boys network. Well, that, that's very interesting because I've got 27 years old son and I've, I've, I can relate to exactly what you were talking about. And I observe that it's, it's almost like they don't know who their role model should be. In, in industry and uh, and I like what you're saying that uh, we do need to support this young generation and I certainly 
I'm, I'm doing everything I can in the workplaces and, and when I consult, when I have the opportunity with the younger people to mentor them, to give them some guidance because I, I feel, um, you know, when I, I when I was listening to your TED talk, I could actually relate to that because I've observed that, that even here in the Australia workplace because millenniums are very different generation to my generation. I'm a baby boomer, mm-hmm. so... Um, and, uh, and I could see with the baby boomers, we are a little bit control freaks and we are very rigid in our leadership <laughs> style. <laughs> yeah. I would tend to say I'm not one of those. I've, I've, I've worked on myself for the last 20 years, Jack. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> well, I can empathize uh, with that for sure. I, I share that with you. And uh, I think we all really just need to be open to uh, the shifts and changes that are happening in the world, the, the cultural shifts that are yes. happening, and the, the gender norm, the gender shift has been a, a powder keg that needed to explode because it's just been, uh, you know, in, in the U.S., the, you know, right now we're, we're seeing a political reality that, you know, really represents, personifies a lot of the negative patriarchy that uh, yes. so many of us, uh, you know, men who are, are, have been trying to shed. And, you know, mm. we find it, frankly, embarrassing uh, to us, mm. uh, forgetting the politics mm. of it, the, uh, the, the, uh, the image, the optics, and the message that it's sending down to our young people about adults. I mean, it, there are too many here now, young men, who are looking at this and saying, you know, yeah, we need to fight back. And these are men who, mm-hmm. you know, completely believe in feminism and, um, mm-hmm. and equality. It hasn't occurred to them otherwise. And now all of a sudden they're saying, oh, there's an otherwise. Yes. It's, it's interesting because uh, I, I think there's still uh, still perception that men needs to toughen up and you don't cry and you need to be a strong and big boy and all of that thing. So it's almost like we are suppressing men to actually show their emotions and, and show emotional intelligence, isn't it? It's not just depressing. It's mm-hmm. emotional uh, deprivation, if you will, has been a reality for men throughout centuries. Centuries. And so it's Mm. it's almost part of our DNA. I wrote a book um, in in 2002. It was called uh, Virtual Worlds and Social Networks, Rewiring Our Emotional DNA. And the whole theory of the social media interactivity, the connectivity is rewiring the DNA of this younger generation, and, and I believe mm-hmm. that. I think we're, this generation is coming. They're very different than millennials. They're, hopefully, they're not like uh, the X gen mm. or the boomer. Well, yes. boomers, I'm a yes. boomer. I'm, you know, we, we gave in. We, had, <laughs> we were very idealistic and socially aware, and it's taken people yes. like you and, you know, hopefully me to um, begin coming back to those roots. Of, of where we started as a generation and putting social impacts, positive social good uh, ahead of the financial returns because ultimately being socially positive and impactful is good for business. It's just the reality is that 
companies can't give themselves the luxury of investing to get there. Mm. It's um I understand why why you're mainly uh focusing on marketing and I guess advertising industry is it because you're a journalist. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well, I was just curious. <laughs> um we we know that inclusion and diversity jack increases organizational growth. I mean there's so many studies from McKinsey and IBM and and so on and so on. And um could you give us some recent examples of organizations that achieved great results through your work um that you do with with General Motors, Coca-Cola and others? Yeah, uh well, let me focus on the more recent and more relevant uh initiatives. Uh we've been uh, we honored uh several companies uh for their diversity initiatives. Uh IPG, the global uh advertising agency holding company, Interpublic Group. Uh Michael Roth, their chairman, uh was honored for taking a lead in pay equality and really institutionalizing uh and connect um and creating responsibility throughout his organization to achieve uh pay equality and increasing the ranks mm-hmm. of female representation throughout the organization. Uh we we our goal is to communicate those those stories like IPG like the advertising council mm-hmm. and the uh love has no labels advertising campaign that's run globally I believe and uh that has done amazing things at creating greater sensitivity toward LGBTQ uh our mm. goal is to help these organizations communicate their message communicate their story to create success mm. stories but we also um recognize companies like uh Crown Media uh Crown Media mm-hmm. the Hallmark channel and the Hallmark uh, Miss Movies and Mysteries channel and they champion mm-hmm. family friendly films uh every week original films and they were not really being recognized for their leadership in creating family friendly films films with positive role models positive gender models mm-hmm. positive multi- multicultural stories and mm-hmm. uh so we uh through Media Village we began publicizing or not promoting their films but writing about them interviewing the stars the talent the behind the scenes talent the network people and communicating their story out in a journalistic context um mm. and every week a new story a new story would appear and and tell the story of the films and what the motivation behind them and they in in, in two years they went from being uh recognized as one of the you know uh, least active in original film production to being the second here in uh the United States ad- advertising oh, community wow. for original for original programming investments behind only Hulu and ahead of NBC you are all our large networks so mm. um you know thought Fantastic. leadership and breaking out of the box and looking yes. at your world outside that picture inside the frame um really pays dividends uh and and it pays yes. dividends when you can effectively communicate what you're doing to the constituency that can mm. reward you. Mm. 
I, I recently watched the movie Hidden Figures. I mean, it took me a while to, to get to that movie because everyone was talking about it. And um, yeah. a few things resonated with me, Jack, when I watched that movie. One was that I was really curious why we have not heard about these women and their talents till now because that, that is a recent NASA example. Um, it's not something that was like from the previous century. So I was really curious about that. Um, and I was really interesting... Um, it was interesting to observe in the movie what happened when a physical signs of exclusion were removed by the top leadership. For example, when the toilet signs were removed between black and white. How is culture of inclusion um, is created and what are the key elements? Well, well, first let me answer the, the first question as to why I think it wasn't produced uh, earlier and why the story wasn't told. And I think mm. NASA, being a government-funded organization, uh, depending on control from uh, the Congress, uh, the Congress being, you know, fiscally very conservative and very sensitive to their constituencies back home, mm -hmm. I don't think NASA wanted to tell that story because I think oh, they, wow. I'm being a cynic here, but I think they were being mm. concerned that, uh, you know, the, the idea that uh, our, our astronauts were being, you know, affected by these women, uh, mm. many constituencies would have said, wait a second, and not been happy about that. I think today, you mm. know, the wonderful thing about society today is we can embrace that story. Um, mm. But there are still certainly pockets of reactionary politics that um, get very sensitive. In terms of the, the value of inclusion, um, it's, it's a societal imperative. Mm. You know, in, I can only speak really to the United States in terms of our yes. multicultural representation, but, you know, gender uh, shifts are happening everywhere and women uh, are choosing and many of the men who they, whether it be their husbands, significant others, their partners, are supporting a, a shift in women take, uh, staying in their careers longer. They're, mm. First of all, they are better educated. Secondly, uh, they have certain skills that are more uh, desirable in, in many businesses today. Uh, mm. Culturally, they are adapting more quickly to a lot of the shifting dynamics that are happening. Um, and uh, we're not developing the career opportunities for men that in different categories mm. were not like nursing, like education, like administrative sciences, like library mm. sciences. So, mm. you know, we, we need to start fostering a heal health, education, yes. administrative and library career model, role model for men, just as we have STEM encouraging women for the STEM initiatives. Mm. Um, yeah, and, I, I and think so that's, in, a, that's a good point. In, the best way to support women moving into, uh, you know, more senior positions, women taking larger roles, more roles, taking up, becoming the majority of the workforce, which they are, is to also mm. find meaningful, productive 
relevant opportunities for men, including being a stay-at-home dad, and let's not refer yes. to the stay-at-home dad as the out-of-work dad. Mm. Jack, we, we will take a break uh, uh, in a minute, but I would like to talk more about this uh, uh, culture of inclusion uh, because you also talked and touched on that on your TED Woman Talk. So stay with us. We'll come back very shortly. Thank you. Sure. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Immigrants of Australia is a unique organization helping skilled immigrants, in particular women, to establish careers and integrate in a new country. For individuals, we offer coaching and mentoring programs. For organizations, we help create diverse and engaging culture, offer talent placement, career transitions, diversity strategy, and inclusive leadership development. We are also available for speaking and consulting engagements. Visit Wimmigrants.com.au for more information. That's Wimmigrants.com.au. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business. You are listening to Global Workplace with Alma Besserton. To reach the show, please call into our toll-free lines in North America, 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to alma at wimmigrants.com.au. Now, back to the global workplace. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, just in case you missed the first part of the Global Workplace Radio Show, I'm so privileged this uh, today to have Jack Mize as my guest. And before we uh, had a break, we talked about... Um, how is culture of inclusion is created and what are the key elements. Uh, Jack, you were, you were really talking some interesting um, uh, uh, points about the, the culture of inclusion and um, how it's created and what are the key elements. Can you talk us, uh, to, to tell us a little bit more about these physical signs, how the culture is demonstrated within the organization? Sure. You mentioned in relation to the movie Hidden Figures taking down the yes. uh, the, the uh, no blacks allowed or you know whites only signs um, and, and the impact of that. 
it, it's that's very conscious bias and physical and visible bias. Um, there's a lot of focus now on uh, unconscious bias, and I mm. believe there's a spectrum between the obvious, the blatant uh, bias, um, just as there is there the obvious blatant harassment um, mm. and sexism, but there are also there's a spectrum down to, you know, not just the uh, the unconscious bias, but uh, and the bias that's just embedded in so many parts of of society and and culture and mm-hmm. in the workplace. Um, you know, I think large offices, small offices communicate a bias. Mm. Um, you know, open offices versus closed offices uh, uh, communicate a bias depending on who's in those areas. And, mm. you know, ex- ex- the, um, uh, the idea of open offices, I, I think, uh, that, that breaks down uh, those artificial barriers uh, have proven to be very uh, successful. People, the, for mm-hmm. people of my generation, the idea of, of getting your office and then getting your corner office were the symbols mm-hmm. of success and being able to close your door was great. Yes. Now the idea of people closing their door seems like an anachronism. So these, mm. there are still, there are still many, I believe, and you know, it's hard to identify what they are. There are many mm. layers that are holding back uh, the ability of women to feel that they're truly equal in the workplace mm. um, in, in all ways possible. And I think mm. the, um, the, we're going to be experiencing a revolution in cultural um, mm-hmm. uh, inclusion, uh, disabilities inclusion, uh, it could, veterans, it, it just keeps going, mm-hmm. seniors, you know, it, it's going to keep extending and extending. And I think we also have to be conscious of protecting, uh, you know, the average person who's, um, you know, cons- considers themselves as the, the normal average everyday worker. And mm, I think mm. we, we need to be very conscious of how we uh, protect uh, them as well and make sure that they're included in the mix and do not feel excluded because that's when you get resentment and, uh, in a, you know, that's when you get the, the anger. Disengagement. That is, mm. And, and mm. that's just unhealthy for everybody. As you were talking, I'm thinking uh, about uh, professional migrant people because I was one of them 27 years ago when I came to Australia, and and I, I had a you know great career path, and that's because I pushed it uh, through, and um, I was always around people that I could learn from, and so on and so on. So I really haven't experienced any. Um, uh, issues and challenges in terms of uh, being diverse. I had every opportunity coming my way. But it's interesting that, um, uh, you know, two years ago when I've established immigrants for that reason to actually help uh, professional migrants, in particular women, uh, with the path to success, it's still an issue in Australia. And I know it's still an issue in Canada, USA, and so on. And um, 
a lot of times when I talk to these uh, uh, such a highly educated people, they have to um, basically, you know, uh, even project their resumes and lower down much what they've done overseas uh, to be able to even get generic positions. And I'm really, really advocating very hard um, to change it because that should not be the case. If somebody is already coming with a fantastic experience and they can contribute to the organization, they don't need to start four levels down just to prove themselves in a new country. I would be interested in your thoughts about that, Jack, given this inclusion and diversity topic we're talking about. Oh, I completely embrace and support what you're doing, Alma, and and your point of view. And we're we're all, so much of the world is is moving more toward a nationalistic uh, attitude of protecting our borders. We are Mm. a global society. Uh, Young Mm. people are traveling around the world before they're 18 and, and you know, they're staying connected with, uh, friends in other countries, mm. uh, the young people, social media is breaking down the, the borders, but we seem mm. to in many ways be building them up by the types of attitudes yes. that you're, and, and certainly mm-hmm. the immigrant issue in, in this country uh, mm. where, you know, you have people coming into this country being willing to work in roles that in many ways demean them or at the very least are, as you point out, below their, their skill set. Or if mm. they're in their skill set, they're very skilled at it. And mm. we, you know, we re- a country that's always embraced and supported and, and thrived on our immigrants um, is, is allowing, um, you know, issues that are very relevant and concerns that should be taken into very strong consideration. Mm. But when it turns into just creating new rules and new laws that don't look at individuals, that, 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 that look mm. at young people who have spent four or even six years in college here in the United States getting training are not allowed to mm. stay in our country, it's absurd. Mm. And, and yeah, we have the same challenges that. here. Mm. And, and all over the world, we also have uh, a, a young generation that's joining the workforce with the greatest debt load in history from mm. educational loans that they may never be able to pay back. And, and I believe that as a, we, we need organizations, governments need to introduce programs of debt relief um, mm-hmm. And the banks have a choice of either, either giving the debt relief or throwing hundreds of billions of dollars into a, another financial collapse caused by the education mm-hmm. alone. Mm. Talking, talking about the, the global world, um, what do you think there are some notable challenges in today's global world from perspective of inclusion and diversity? Where are the global issues? Yes. Well, we 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 need to. I'm I'm not sure I have the you know the answer. These it's it's a type of thing where I go back to the idea that 
everything starts locally. Uh, I think every mm. unit within every organization, uh, every person needs to look at just those surrounding them, those with whom they're involved, and is there diversity? Is are, are, are they are their actions inclusive? Yes, and that needs to spread up into the mm. you know almost you know from from the ground up to the organizations. It's very difficult to dictate that downward and to say there should be global. Um, you know, there there are moral, there are ethical behaviors that should come first and foremost naturally, and when they don't, mm. we need to institutionalize mm. ways of identifying uh, the behaviors, the attitudes, the actions that don't fit within what's morally and ethically right. We also mm. have to be more global in identifying the success stories, as I'm, yes. trying, as I'm doing with the Diversity Hall of Honors to identify mm. the role models, the best practices, and to communicate them globally. But ultimately, it starts with each individual within their own little community and, and mm. taking steps in their own actions uh, to do what they believe is morally and ethically right. Mm. I, I agree with that. I think if we all start with uh, within and and uh, make a difference ourselves, then uh, things will spread. Um, global trends are changing, and uh, I've came across the USA census. Um, by uh, 2044, minorities will become majorities in America. Are we prepared for this change, and what will be the impact on the workplace? Well, it's all, we're already seeing it, um, you know, in major cities, New York, Los Angeles, some of the Texas cities, uh, the, you know, Hispanic, Black, Asian are, are combining to uh, outnumber Caucasian. So we're, we're seeing that reality in, in 2018, uh, and it's having enormous impact on the workforce, but frankly, in my opinion, it's not having enough impact on the workforce because mm -hmm. uh, companies are, are, too, are too slow to create the environment that makes uh, other cultures feel comfortable, uh, to mm -hmm. feel wanted, to feel supported. Uh, there's the mentorship when, when um, people of color are immersed in an industry in their first year in that industry and given opportunities to meet senior people, to find people who look like them, to get support, they're uh, about 500% more likely to stay in that industry and in that company. Uh, mm. So... Uh, in, as we look forward to 2044, we're looking at a progression where these needs are going to intensify and where companies are going to have to reinvent their, uh, their talent uh, recruitment, talent retention, talent development initiatives uh, mm. to recognize the impact. And just as the EY Autistic Program trains both the autistic, the people on the autism spectrum who come to work there, as well as those who are being integrated with them, uh, companies need to get better 
development programs that work not only with the new employees but with the established base of employees to help them uh, better adapt and better accept. Mm. We have a couple of minutes uh, to uh, close. So very briefly, I would be really interested if you could share uh, with us what do you believe the leadership characteristics must future leaders have to create inclusive workplace with all of the things that we talked today? <laughs> In just a couple of minutes, I'll do my best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> coll- collaboration, multitasking. Yes. Ability mm. to work with data and analytics and to understand mm. how to measure performance in an organization in new and different ways. Uh, the ability to uh, look outside the box for best practices, mm. initiatives, the ability and willingness to open up uh, to, ta- to talent from all sources, mm. not just the traditional ones. and. Again, to mm. uh, look at look at your your world, your business, your your company, and your ro- mm. your job in ways that look out beyond the box that that job or that role has been in for the last two, five, ten, or twenty yeah. or fifty years, but to look at where it's going to need to be and what the uh, realities and challenges and needs are going to be in two years, five years, 20 years, 50 years, yeah. because we're at this transformational point in society, culture, business because of the Internet. And this is the moment, the next five to eight years, when the decisions made are going to decide the future of companies for the long term. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jack. We have literally 30 seconds to Close. I really appreciate uh, your time today with me, and uh, thank you so so thank much. You. Before I go, well, I just would like to say the quote from Maya Angelou, American poet and activist: "It is time for parents to teach young people early on that in diversity there is a beauty and there is a strength." Thank you so much, Jack. This is Alma Bessidy on the Global Workplace. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Please join Alma Besserdin for another edition of The Global Workplace next Tuesday at 4 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week.